0: You're listening to Praise the Lord and Talk Dogs, a podcast for Mississippi State women's basketball fans. This podcast is sponsored by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit
1: MSLandBank.com. They're the Road Dogs this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Brett Hudson and Matt Wyatt for another episode of Praise the Lord and Talk Dogs in between two road games for the Mississippi State women. They just got done. Well, we're coming to you after they just got done doing unspeakable things to LSU on the road, and then they will go to Alabama and try to do it again. I am joined by Matt Wyatt. As usual, say hello to the lovely women's basketball fans, Matt. What up, Bulldog Nation? I,
0: I don't like the nation term, so I throw it out there <laughs> facetiously sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that that needs to be known. Everyone knows where you lie, where your brain is. We we understand now. And now it's uh now it's time to talk to dogs.
0: Drives it to the rack, swatted by McCallum.
1: Three seconds. Morgan Williams. Morgan Williams. He's going to have to put it up, fires it up, and it is. It's going to the national championship. Praise the Lord. Go down. All right. Thank you all for tuning in on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, your, your podcast platform of choice. We appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe so you get the episodes as soon as they come out. And if you want to happen to leave a five-star review and a review rating for us, that would be fantastic. As usual, I am Brett Hudson, joined by Matt Wyatt. We're coming to you this time after Mississippi State's big win over LSU 68-35 before they have a Super Sunday game at Alabama Matt, how you doing this this Friday morning? Peachy, wonderful, beautiful,
0: all that kind of stuff. Sorta, <laughs> because it was a late night last night for me, and will be another. You know, um, dad life, husband life is in full force right now, and so yeah. I'll just say, Brett, uh, I got a lot of questions about what they did against LSU. I didn't get to see it. I was able to follow the score on my phone <clears throat> as I practiced being an MC for an event. So as you can imagine, like my Attention was, was, was uh, dragged in another diref- direction.
1: Well, you, you know, I think not being able to witness this was ultimately a good <laughs> thing because you didn't witness a humanitarian crime. <laughs> well, I, I think all right, that's so Mississippi so, State's defense did to LSU.
0: Okay, so fill me in on that because I saw a lot of tweets. There were some historical references in there. I think this was like the second lowest point total ever
1: or something like that for an LSU It's team. actually a school record. Um, they set a school record for points allowed in an SEC game, thirty-five. Wow, thirty-five points! It was twenty-two to four
0: at the end of the first quarter, and if I'm looking yep. at this right, like I'm not, I'm not all that great at
1: math, but it's thirty-eight to thirteen at halftime. Is that right? Yeah, Mississippi State scored more points in the second quarter than LSU did in the first half. Yeah,
0: jeez Louise!
1: And they scored more points in the first quarter than they did in the second quarter. <laughs>
0: So. yeah wow all right so and then it was 49 21 at the end of three <laughs> and then it kind of looked like it kind of looked like state kind of i don't know no i, I said that wrong it's 59 21 at the end of the third quarter and so state kind of pulled back the reins a little bit at the end of the game it looked like a little bit maybe just played some other people
1: yeah, I mean, Jessica Carter got 15 minutes, Maya Taylor got 16 minutes, Zaria Wiggins got 13. Uh Zion Campbell and Naya Tate got 4 minutes each. So that that shows you what uh what the fourth quarter was used for in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Okay. What do you take away from a game like that? Um uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to do because you're not really sure who to praise in in a situation like this because the the way Mississippi State did it was it was just impossible for LSU to get a decent look at the bucket and and you don't know if that's the coaching staff just figuring out everything that LSU wants to do offensively and putting their players in the correct position or you don't know if it's just individual effort and their ability to contest every single shot no matter where on the floor it came i mean lsu didn't have a good look at the bucket for the entire first half for the most part i think they did miss one fast break layup in there and that was that was about as good as it got for them they shot let me see their total numbers they shot 21.1% from the field 28.6 from free from three point range and even 52.9 from the free throw line so it's not like even their their free shot attempts were all that free uh thursday night so it's uh, there's there's a lot of praise to go around and it's hard to to narrow down to a specific set of people other than just everyone in in the entire program for for doing what they did Uh, one two stats that, that showed up to me one is just genuine effort out of mississippi state lsu had 16 offensive rebounds but only 10 second chance points Um, that's, that's pretty incredible to me because there's just, those second chance points should be really easy and they clearly were not. So all all the credit in the world to Mississippi state there and LSU did not have a single fast break point. They had six steals and four blocks, plenty of opportunities to get running and, and Mississippi state just did not allow it. So there's, there's two numbers that go to the individual effort out of the player's uh for for the bulldogs, so they they deserve their their good bit of credit too but also there, there's something to be said for being in the right position every single possession defensively so i, I think this was uh, you know the team win thing gets gets thrown out a lot but i think this was truly a program-wide performance that, that allowed them to to set a school record last night and brett i remember so
0: back in the last pot, podcast um praise the lord and talk dogs podcast you know, there was this mention in our conversation of, hey, you know, it has this feeling of you're going to have some nights where like a Bramber Scott gets hot and you're going to have other nights where an Espinosa Hunter gets hot. Well, Espinosa Hunter was hot last night. 36 minutes goes four for seven from three-point range.
1: Yeah, she had the game's first eight points, maybe even the first ten. Uh, she hit two catch-and-shoot threes from pretty much the same spot on the floor, the right wing, a little bit lower than the true – Uh, elbow extended, but she hit two threes there, and then some good ball movement. I want to say on a second chance opportunity. Uh Amriel Howard had the ball on the high post, and naturally when she has the ball on the high post, all eyes go to her. And and that just let Espinoza Hunter just kind of sneak back door, hand full extended in the air. high look at me. I'm wide open. She she caught a pass and easily laid it in. Those were the first eight points of of the game mississippi state was out to a a uh 8-0 run just like that or really andre espinoza hunter was out to an 8-0 run just like that and when you shoot that well early you're gonna get a lot of minutes she had 36 six for nine from the floor four for seven from from three-point range she was good defensively again obviously as as everyone on the floor was but uh amber scott got hurt In Mm -hmm. this game and and Vic Schaefer told the reporters that were there after the game that uh, that he was concerned about it. He was concerned about it when it happened and he was concerned about it uh, immediately after the game. Of course, there's there's so little information that's available to coaches immediately after games on on injury. So we probably won't gain any clarity on Bree Amber's uh, injury status until the Friday press conference. and, And you'll get updates from from me on Twitter on that at Brett underscore Hudson. Um, but that that's a significant uh, thing to track on the, on the Andre Espinoza Hunter uh, front, just because I think it's obvious that those two are, are battling for minutes after Chloe Bibby's injury. And with, with Espinosa Hunter playing as well as she has the last two games and with Brian Scott being injured, you wonder if this is just going to become the Espinosa Hunter show in in the backcourt, because when she plays like that, Uh, she certainly deserves it
0: yeah well there's no question you know and you said it okay team win you look at the starters uh, and all the contributions what get 13 points off the bench um, including six from Wiggins who went in there and hit a couple threes herself she goes 50 percent two for four uh, Mm -hmm. from three in 13 minutes so offensively you know again um, it 's such a dominant win, you look at defensively you you kind of do something to an l s u team that hasn 't been done ever, but also offensively it 's way off their average, you know, averaging that ninety points a game or so and and uh you know it 's a sixty eight point outing so again, for me, Brett, without seeing the game, it just looks like a you know I know you can't credit LSU's off offensive output, but defensively this year LSU's held everybody down. They've held everybody to low scoring games.
1: Yeah, that's that they kind of know that's their that's their best shot at, at winning these games. We talked about that on the last episode, and that uh yeah. that certainly came to fruition. And I think that that showed in the tempo of of this game. So look at look at Mississippi State's shot attempts in SEC games. I'm gonna run this through 75-68-70, 55-69-70-66 against LSU 59. This was just a slower-tempo game, and I'm sure some of that was because Mississippi State was trying to take some shot clock there there at the end and, and just run the thing out. There's probably a few shots uh, hidden just by, by way of... Uh, running the clock out, but it was also kind of a slower tempo game. I mean, I mentioned LSU had zero fast break points. There weren't really many opportunities there, so they had to use some shot clock on pretty much every possession just to hope to get a get a decent shot up. So, yeah. yes, this was uh, uh, much, much below their season average in in scoring. Uh, and to use the same numbers from SEC play, score, points scored by Mississippi State in SEC play, 93-86-80. 85, 89, 90, 80, nothing under 80, mm-hmm. only twice under 85, and then 68 in, in this game. So there's, there's a lot of factors for that, the tempo of the game being the, the biggest one. But it's not like Mississippi State was bad by, by any stretch of the imagination, 42% from the field, uh, 66% from the free throw line. They would probably wish they would be better. There and the three-point range. Uh, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Zaria Wiggins and we already talked about Andre Espinoza, Hunter. They were the three-point shooting. Uh, without without them, Mississippi State was 0 for six. Mm-hmm from three point range. Uh so they were they were they were big in in that regard. So uh, again to kind of wrap all of that up, it was below average in in the scoring department for for Mississippi State, but this game kind of dictated that and and when when you want to get in a defensive game with with Mississippi State, you're kind of playing with fire and and this showed why. Yeah.
0: Brett, uh good stuff. I want to kind of pause for just a sec. Um hear a word from our sponsor and then come back with a question or two including you know, the thought of at this point in the year you look up and then after this defensive performance last night on the road, is this a team that is improving game on game, you know, week on week? And, and I'll pose that question to you next. Right now, though, on Praise the Lord and Talk Dogs, our word from the sponsor, Mississippi Land Bank.
1: We do more than make a living off the land in North Mississippi. We live for the land, too. We live for an early morning duck hunt, time spent in a deer stand, a day of fishing and the outdoor life. For more than hundred years, Mississippi Land Bank has been a great hunting partner for recreational land lovers by helping to finance the land they set their sights on. We know what a hunter loves and the lay of the land in North Mississippi, and that's where I stand.
0: Okay, he's Brett Hudson. I'm Matt Wyatt. Brett, does this look like a Mississippi State team that at this point is getting better?
1: game after game they certainly look like it defensively um they're they're <laughs> that, that much is obvious after uh games like their last two and and they're certainly running their sets better they're very crisp and very clean in in that regard but man they gotta shoot the three ball better and and this isn't this isn't a team that has to rely on three-point shooting uh we talked about that a lot when when chloe bibby Went down and and we talked about that a lot with with Espinosa Hunter and Briamber Scott, but they still need to shoot the three ball better. Mm. Uh, as I mentioned right before the break, uh, Andre Espinosa Hunter was four for seven. Zaria Wiggins was two for four. Every other Bulldog combined to go zero for six. And if you look at some games before this one, so they shot thirty five percent against LSU. They shot thirty three percent against Ole Miss had a good game at Florida 50%, but then before that 27% in the win over South Carolina and 33% in the win at Auburn. Now, of course I'm talking about five wins in which they're shooting under 40% four out of five times. So there's only so much complaining and moaning you can do about, uh, about three point shooting when, when they're beating the crap out of everybody and, uh, and winning these games as convincingly as they are. But we've talked about this before, where the standard for this program now is national championship. And when when you have that standard, you've got to do everything well. And and the three-point game is something that they get enough of from someone on the floor. Last night, or or Thursday night, it was Andre Espinosa-Hunter. Uh, But they they need more of that from the rest of the roster if they're going to continue to put up the offensive numbers that they've put up uh, entering that LSU game and if they're going to make a deep run in March because if anything, what Mississippi State has learned from all these tournament runs is that you got to find a way to win on every single night. You got to have something about your team that is good enough to win on every given night sometimes you might not be able to pull down 25 offensive rebounds sometimes you might not be able to get to the free throw line 30 times you're mm-hmm. you're just going to have to shoot 45% from three point range to win a random sweet 16 game or a random elite 8 game uh, and, and right now Mississippi State isn't frankly isn't capable of that as a complete team as a complete roster but we're having this conversation on February 1st and they're still figuring some things out after injury and they might have another one with with Brian Sky. we're still waiting word on that so yes to get back to the root of the the question the team is improving but there's more out there and and Vic Schaefer said as much before this LSU game he said he doesn't feel like this team has even scratched the surface of of what it's capable of and and showing these defensive improvements uh, adds to his point and then the the room for improvement left in three point shooting adds to adds to that uh point as well.
0: Well, and Brett, I mean it it coincides with what the team is going through and that is they're still in the the throes in the, if you will, in the process of learning to be a good team without Chloe Bibby, right? Cuz she was your three point yeah. shooter um and one of your leaders. Okay, so she's out now. So I still think, you know, you look up last night and Espinosa Hunter starts a game hot, goes four for seven from three uh, in the game. It It's increasingly, or at least for a couple of games in a row now, looking like she's got to step up and be the three-point shooter. And that may take a period of time to develop that, to gel that chemistry and, and that, those roles on the team. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a starter, and yeah. starters on, on Vic Schaefer's team play 30 minutes minimum mm-hmm. almost all the time when when they're in a game where they're actually needed. I mean, most starters didn't play that against LSU, but they clearly weren't needed. In games like South Carolina and Oregon and, and games like that, Vic Schaefer starters play 32, 34, 35, 36 minutes, and Chloe Bibby was that, and there's, there's a lot of workload to, to redistribute There, So they are still trying to to figure some some things out in in that regard. And it's it's interesting that this happens at this stretch of the schedule, because we mentioned on the last episode that this is just one of those stretches of the schedule that you have when when you've got a team as as good as this one, where you're kind of intrigued for different reasons you're not intrigued by the actual result of the game because that seems to be a foregone conclusion more times than not you're intrigued by how they get there and who kind of pours gas on the fire to Mm -hmm. to get them there that was the case with the last three games really the florida game 90 to 42 the Ole miss game 80 to 49 and the lsu game 68 to 35, they might have another one of those uh, against Alabama on Sunday before the two home games against Tennessee and Missouri and a rotor against Texas A&M. So that, that three game stretch should be, should be interesting, but that that's kind of what you look for in, in situations like this. So while, while it's kind of hard to really analyze a team that's beating everybody by 40 and looking pretty fantastic doing it, these, this situation that you're, outline that you're outlining with chloe bibby out and some shuffling pieces trying to figure out what the team is going to be go without her going forward this is actually kind of making this stretch interesting because you're kind of seeing what breamber scott was able to bring to the table before she got hurt and hopefully she's able to return and now you're really seeing what andre espinoza hunter can can bring to the table without the the governorship of bench minutes yeah applied to her so it's it's an interesting part of the schedule It's an interesting stretch of games for for this team before they get to that that mid-february uh stretch that that i just got done talking about yeah i love the um
0: the use of the governor chip right there brett that's impressive you know being from central Al- i know you're from the coast of alabama but being from central <laughs> alabama i almost would think like i could say restrictor plate and everybody would know what I mean, right? Like Talladega, <laughs> running restrictor yeah. plates yeah, in Talladega. I,
1: I, <laughs> my Alabama roots, I should have used restrictor plates. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah, they'll it. probably take away. I don't have an Alabama license anymore, but they'll probably take it away <laughs> symbolically.
0: <laughs> probably so. And, yeah. you know, I can't help but to um, look up in this situation, kind of look at the overall picture with Chloe Bibby suffering that injury. Right, And, you know, there are some coaches and in programs in, in across sports that they always – some people will call it luck, but it's not luck. There's this extra level of preparedness in case of disaster, in case – like they always seem to have that backup plan that works. And now you look at the effort that Vic Schaefer and his staff put in to secure the transfer – of Espinoza Hunter when she was leaving UConn and to make sure that she wound up at Mississippi State and that she's eligible. And now because of all that, again, it's not luck, but you get this incredibly unlucky circumstance with a a torn-up knee for Chloe Bibby. But here's this former, highly thought-of, super-talented recruit, former UConn player on your team that now has the talent to maybe work it in and fill that role. I mean it's just you't st- you can't right now with where this program is, I don't think you can overstate the importance of Espinosa Hunter on
1: that roster absolutely to, to echo your point about luck being used in in this situation, people say they're they're lucky to have th- those players on the roster and the deep bench that they have well, they didn't uh, like win a lottery to get that that deep mm-hmm. draft that deep bench they had to go out and and recruit these players and secure 10 11 national championship caliber players so they could survive when two of those players get get hurt and and a lot of credit to to Vic Schaefer and and his recruiting efforts uh the the assistant coaching staff as well a lot of credit goes to them but also yeah I think you hit it with the preparedness part that Vic Schaefer that's that's what he is that's Mm -hmm. what that's his calling card. Like the man brings a stack of papers, probably three inches high, maybe more than that, to every press conference. And and everyone listening to this podcast has listened to Vic Schaefer speak. He's a very natural, loquacious, kind of in, engaging speaker. He doesn't need notes to to speak to a, a group of people, but he brings them anyway because that's just kind of. How he's wired. He he talked in his last press conference about living up to the standard of perfection. And yeah, it, it kind of creates a harmful existence for him. It's not the easiest way to live, but that's that's who he is and that's how he's he's wired. So I'm sure there's a part of his brain where every day. He kind of goes through the situations like what happens if this player gets hurt? What happens if this player gets in foul trouble? What happens if this combination of players gets in foul trouble? What happens if if this girl has to leave the team, et cetera, et cetera? That's Mm -hmm. kind of who Vic Schaefer is and and that attitude of, of perfection and preparing for everything is why this program is is as good as it is and why it can lose a starter and still beat conference teams by by 40 on the road
0: right yeah it's really good stuff hey and speaking of yukon you saw what happened to them last night yeah louisville 78 69 winner by the way if my microphone is picking up the train who's blaring through here on the train tracks it's kind of <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a very good time to do it, because that's kind of what Louisville did uh, at home last night to wow. UConn. Third-ranked Louisville hosting second-ranked UConn. Louisville remains undefeated at home, 11-0, and and they beat UConn
1: 78-69. That's UConn's second loss of the year. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about the rankings on the next podcast again, yeah. won't we? That'll be that'll yeah. be pertinent. Uh, that'll be pertinent information at, at that point in time. Maybe, maybe just maybe, UConn falls out of the top five, and that allows Mississippi State to claim that top five spot that its its fans thought it deserved uh, th- that time last week mm-hmm. or, or Monday, I, I should say. And, um, you know, we were it, talking it, about uh, we were talking about Notre Dame on the last episode, staying in
0: there at number five. Yeah. Well, they went to Clemson last night and and beat them one hundred and one to sixty three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could say they were playing mad. Oh yeah, they're mad. All right, they won by thirty eight yeah. on the road, and and I imagine they'll do that to a few more teams in in the ACC before before they get into the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and and do this dance for real. So speaking of ACC, uh, NC State
0: stayed unbeaten. Yeah. Twenty one and oh. They were seventh ranked. They were on the road at Wake Forest. And the thing is, okay, so they're unbeaten. They stayed that way. But Wake Forest not very good at all. They are yeah. they are now they were one and six in the ACC. They're now one and seven. And NC State struggled. It's a low scoring game, fifty nine to fifty, you know, one of those kind of ugly low scoring deals. A, a little bit like what you saw um, with State on the road at LSU. is just State was so much more dominant in a low-scoring game. NC State goes there and wins by nine, but they got out of there. And then eighth-ranked Stanford lost again. They were upset on the road by Cal by 1.81-80. to So another loss. Stanford goes to 17-3 and now. That's a former top-five team.
1: Yeah, the the chaos, it's it's wild and it's it, honestly it's a good thing for the sport yeah. because the sport doesn't have the parity that that a lot of other college sports has have. So it's it's nice to see that top 10 teams can fall on any given night. Of course, that's not something Mississippi State fans would would like to think about since they've got the number 6 team in the nation and maybe even number 5 by the time we're we're having this conversation uh Monday afternoon, but mm. it's nice to see for for the sport that some of the the middle tier programs in, in the country are, are rising up a little bit to the point that on any given night they can take down one of the the living titans in the sport. A quick word on NC State. Okay. Um because they're they're kind of a, a tricky team to to forecast. Right now, because, yeah, they're undefeated, and, and they're one of very few of those left in, in the nation. But the numbers don't like them. They're, they're undefeated, but they're 11th in, in her hoop stats, which for, for basketball fans is the women's basketball equivalent of Ken Palm, mm-hmm. kind of an advanced statistical model. Uh, NC State's 11th in that, despite being, what do you say, 21-0? Yeah, 21-0. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're behind teams like Marquette. Uh, who who has lost to both Notre Dame and Mississippi State? Mm-hmm. They're behind Louisville. They're behind Iowa State, which is weird. They're still behind Stanford after yeah. after that Stanford loss, and, and they're behind Oregon State as well. So that that NC State team is is very strange to to look at right now because yeah, they're undefeated. They're twenty one zero, but they're outside of the top ten on on the advanced statistical side so that's it's kind of interesting to to look at them now i'm sure a lot of that is due to strength of schedule if you look at the the her hoop stats ratings and the rpis from their their non-con there's a lot of very unimpressive things in there although they did beat michigan that's Mm. that's certainly worth something and belmont's a good mid-major team so it's not like they've done nothing in in their non-con but anyway that's that's my that's my soliloquy on on nc state kind of an interesting team
0: i think the real question though that everybody wants to know about the top 15 is 15th ranked uh, team in the country. Is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga? I've you know, always said Gonzaga. Have you? Yeah. i Am with I wrong? The, no, I have no idea. I, don't, I never know which one. Every time I try one or the other, like, you know, there have been times mm-hmm. in my radio career where I have to utter the word Gonzaga or Gonzaga. Right. And whichever way I say it, my brain messes with me and goes, nope, it's the other way. And then I never know what to do, you know? So I'll just – I'm going to go with the Brett Hudson pronunciation. It's Gonzaga.
1: I, I like it. Uh, okay. I, I need people to verify my opinions. <laughs> I need it. All right. I need it because Lord knows my wife won't.
0: <laughs> hey, welcome to the club. Yeah. South Carolina, 16th ranked, went on the road to Kentucky, 19th ranked. And it was a heck of a game. And South Carolina mm-hmm. won it on the road last night, 74-70. South Carolina improved to 15-5. and Kentucky fell to 17-5. and The difference being Kentucky's 4-4 four four in the league. South Carolina's up to 7-1. and one. That's a tough-fought road win by four points for that South Carolina team. They trailed at the end of the first quarter, um, jumped back in it, regained the lead at halftime. They were up by like three or four at halftime, yeah, they kind of looked like they were going to blow this thing out in the third quarter, and then Kentucky really turned on the gas and fought like heck in the fourth quarter to make it a game. But South Carolina able to hang on.
1: That was a that was a heck of an SEC ball game yesterday. Sure was. Uh, South Carolina was was awesome from from three point range uh 42.9%. They mm. also crashed the offensive boards pretty well, 36.6% offensive rebound percentage. Uh so they were they were incredible on the road and I think in in this conference now that South Carolina got that win, all eyes are pointing to the regular season finale uh first first few days of of March, Mississippi State at South Carolina. That's that's going to be a huge game within this conference and nationally because if South Carolina is able to run the table until that point and Mississippi State does the same, it'll be a undefeated SEC Mississippi State going to a one-loss SEC South Carolina team, everything in, in the regular season championship race on the line in, mm-hmm. in that game. So that was, that was a big moment for the Gamecocks in, in that game because that's probably as tough as it's going to get for for them up until the time that Mississippi State goes to Columbia.
0: Yeah, and uh, one more note from uh, yesterday in the SEC. Texas A&M took care of business at home. They're yep. 20th ranked in the country, and they took care of business against Vandy. And so A&M on Sunday is going to turn around and go to Ole Miss. Um, you know, you never know. I mean, a and M's a kind of a similar – record similar category to like a Kentucky and Ole Miss has a win against Kentucky so that might be interesting with A&M having to hit the road and they're coming up on the state schedule and uh on Sunday uh Notre Dame is going to host Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a 13 and 8 team. They're 3 and 5 in their league. You never know, but they're going to Notre Dame. And of course, let's get in on this, Brett. State is going to go to Tuscaloosa. It's a noon tip on Sunday. It'll be televised. Alabama's eleven and ten overall. They're three and five in the SEC. In state, you know, going to complete this back to back road game deal, going yeah. to Tuscaloosa. What do we make of that matchup?
1: It's interesting because Alabama, uh, no disrespect intended, Alabama more or less has has two offensive players: uh, Sierra Johnson and Jasmine Walker, number four and number forty, respectively. Alabama is averaging. 59.8 shots per game. They combined to take 23 and a half of them. Mm. Uh, they also combined for 43.1 percent of Alabama's three-point attempts. So if you can if you can keep an eye on Sierra Johnson and Jasmine Walker throughout that that game, you've got a pretty good shot at, at keeping this Alabama offense in check. Now, are you gonna set a new record by holding them to 34 points? Not so sure about that. That seems rare, but we just saw that Thursday, so. Anything is possible, as Kevin Garnett would say. Um, yeah. But Sierra Johnson and, and Jasmine Walker are the two to watch for Alabama. Also, Alabama might be able to to keep themselves in this game just by getting to the free throw line. They're 82nd in the nation in, in free throw rate, which isn't incredible. But it's also notable that they're top 100 in in that regard so they will get to the free throw line if if you'll let them uh so if you can keep an eye on sierra johnson and jasmine walker and you can keep alabama from going to the free throw line constantly uh you should be able to keep alabama plenty in in check for what i think most people expect to be a pretty easy super sunday win for for mississippi state good stuff
0: brett great job as always and, you know, I, I couldn't help – you know, we've got a state-Alabama matchup. This is uh, women's basketball. I couldn't help but think, you know, is this how – for state fans, is this how, like, Alabama football fans feel throughout the year? And that is – Yes. It is, isn't it? Like, home or yes. away, they feel like, okay, we're going to win the game. It's just a matter of how how good are we going to look and are we going to improve because, really, this is all about the postseason,
1: <laughs> yes. you know? That's exactly what it is. Like my, my wife went to Alabama, as did I. So she, she kind of maintains the, the active Alabama fanhood uh-huh. in, in the household. And I think she said it – I think it was going into the LSU game where it felt like the season hadn't really started yet because mm-hmm. realistically to that point, Alabama had only played what? Like two quarters of competitive football. <laughs> Missouri yeah. scared them for like one quarter or maybe ten minutes of, of that game. Uh, so yeah, this is exactly what what Alabama football fans feel like. It it just feels like that there's there's just so little that has been done. Other than that, I mean, at least at least Mississippi State women's basketball fans got that Virginia game and that Oregon game, um, and, and even the Washington game for for the first quarter of it. Um, and then the South Carolina game, like Alabama football fans didn 't get that so so at least uh at least you all have that, and you 've got a stretch coming up that that should be pretty fun, but yes, this is how Alabama football fans feel
0: <laughs> isn 't that something well, yeah. all right, so um you know getting closer and closer to what 's going to be a really uh, for fans, we can look ahead a really fun next home matchup going to get ready to host Tennessee after a full week off. And that'll be a chance for Brett and, uh, everybody here involved with the praise the Lord and talk dogs, maybe do some cool stuff with the podcast. And so that'll be coming up. But again, Tuesday, Friday, just like always. And Brett, um, here you go. Here you sit Twenty and one, eight, no in the sec. And, um, we got stars in our eyes about the post season, but, uh, game for game. This is fun. I, and I just appreciate your hard work, man. People are enjoying it. Uh, Brett mentioned this earlier too, uh, Brett, I'm bad about remembering this, so great job! And that is leave a review because when you leave a review, like on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, it really does help. Uh, it'll be the more positive reviews and five stars it gets, it'll be um, kind of suggested to more people so they can see it when they open the app. So so do that. Good on you, Brett, for mentioning that. I am a pro. Yes, you are. You are a <laughs> pros pro. All right, man. Great job as always. Talk to you later. All right. right, let's Praise the Lord and Talk Dogs, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.
1: Drives it to the rack, swatted by McCallum. Four seconds. Three seconds. Morgan Williams. Morgan Williams. He's got to, to put it up. Fires it up, and it is. It's going to the National Championship. Praise the Lord and go